What's up, Skeleton Crew Nation, Boneheads, podcast listeners? This is Matt Wazell, if you're nasty. I'm here to introduce our new version of Banana Lazer's Halloween Retrospective, specially made for the Skeleton Crew. That's right. We all put our dicks together, and we've re-edited, reproduced Banana Lazer Halloween Retrospective from 2013. And before you say, hey, 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 wait, wait, whoa, 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 I love those shows. Why mess with them? Well, to be fair, we put these shows out one a week, and so there was no editing involved. And there were things I wanted to do in the production that we just didn't get to because I had to crank them out so fast. So now, with the help of Alex, we're putting these out as a gift to you guys for Halloween. And I think this is going to be a real treat for you guys. Even if you've listened to these shows multiple times, I really think you're going to like this listen. So put on your clown masks, don't spill any butter on your pants, and let's do this. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Welcome, Laser Nation, to the Banana Laser Horror Podcast. The podcast that has to be peeled to be believed exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your sexy host, Dave Z. Hey, yo! I'm a pretty simple guy. And Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. The potassium starts now. Alright, lasers, we are back with Banana Laser. We're here with Dave Z and our guest, Gary Hill. And right now we're going to be discussing Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, released 1988, a good six years after the failure, flop, whatever you want to call it, that was Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Uh, even though that movie made money, you know, made all its money back and made good money, it was just so hated upon. Uh, because Michael Myers isn't in it, that they decide to scrap the whole anthology idea altogether, unfortunately. And and uh, Mustafa Akkad, who owns the rights to the series, you know, wanted to go back to its roots and bring back Michael Myers. Uh, so this is what we get: the return of Michael Myers. Uh, you know, where do we start? This movie is kind of. Uh, I don't want to say a ripoff, but you know they're definitely trying to do uh, similar things that they did in the first Halloween. You know, they're trying to just portray Michael in the sense that he was in that film. Do they do it <laughs> in, in a good manner or not? Well, we'll talk about it. But uh, right off the bat, this movie has a different feel um, <clears throat> from the opening credits. Uh, the jack o' lantern's gone. The music is gone, and all we get is shots of about town and, and stuff like that, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of sets an eerie mood. And uh, 
the credits are all in orange. It really has a Halloween time kind of feel. And even though it's different from the previous installments, I really, I really like this credit sequence. What do you guys think about it? Now that you pointed out the strong points of it, that it's in yeah. orange and it's a little bit, uh, it has that Halloween October type feel to it. That's okay. I just coming after what we've seen, it's just such a radical departure. Yes. That yeah. it, it, to me, it's kind of an immediate turnoff. But I can appreciate what you just said, and um, I guess for that reason, it's okay. It's it's 1988 now, and. You know it's a different movie. It's filmed much differently. It's not Carpenter anymore. Yeah, yeah, there's no more wide shots. There's no more Dean Cundy involved. None of them are there. So don't enjoy it nearly as much, but I wish they would have used the, the original shit, but I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping too strong to the fucking past, but it's okay. You know? mm-hmm. Well, if if you were making it, what would you have done? Uh, the, the, the jack-o'-lantern open up, be a skull, then that open up? And be, you know, the William Shatner mask or something like that. I mean, you know what I would have done? I would have played the music, the intro music, and I would have picked it up from the end of two and showed Michael being collected, possibly, and taken to whatever. Just some type of recap from two to now, so I can get away with playing the music and have dark and have rain coming down and shit like that, so I can still have a similar atmosphere. And then I, I just came up with that right now. Give me an hour to sit down and, and write something. I, I bet you I can come up with something that would replicate the atmosphere. Yeah, you know? that sounds good. I, I'm trying to start my my opinions of this movie on a high note. You know, it's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> because I ultimately I'm not going to talk too great about this movie. To me, it's a big departure, a big drop in the series, uh, and and you know that it, it sucks. Yeah, this is where society dumps its worst nightmares. Yeah, the one you're picking up? Just thinking about him. Gives me the willies. Yeah, a decade ago, Halloween night, he murdered 16 people, maybe more, trying to get to his sister. Nearly got it, too. But his doctor, of all people, shot him six times. Then he set him on fire. Both of them nearly burned to death. Yeah, I'll be glad to see this one gone. Yes, indeedy. Welcome to hell. I mean, they do introduce Michael right off the bat, and also in a very, very, very similar fashion as how of Halloween one. Uh, he's being picked up by doctors, and he's going to be transferred to uh, Smith's Grove. Which, where is he now? I, I don't get it. Is he in an asylum? Yes. Something like that? Okay, is that what that is? Yeah, remember what a big deal they make about going down to the fucking... Yeah, he is uh, in, like, the, them. the dungeon. And even yes. the stuff on the... It's like crazy. There's, there's exposed pipes showing and a fucking a breaker box. It's like he's really in a back room somewhere mm-hmm. locked up, like a storage room. It's like hell. <laughs> fucking tree, it's like... An, you ever see... Uh, I'm sure you've seen it, but and, and Hellraiser, fucking Hellbound, part two. When they go in that crazy place and the doctor goes there and they get yeah. that guy like, get them off of me. You know, that whole sequence with mm-hmm. where they have the fucking real crazy people. He's basically in one of those things. He's discarded as a fucking, even though he's an invalid, he's he's with all these fucking complete lunatics that are fucking bouncing off the wall. That's him. But they really play it up. You know, the guy's all bugged out. And he's like, Jesus, he got nothing to do with this place, he says. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when he delivers that line. It's a Loomis line, you know. Oh, my God. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. 
It's fucking great. It's so like red, deadpan red and so so serious. Uh, it's something that Loomis should have said, but it came out of this guy's mouth. Yeah. You know? And, <laughs> and yeah, he get you know, they give the whole in case you aren't caught up, they give the whole story of what happened mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff, which, you know, it makes sense. You know, I understand why they're doing it. Um and then we get to Michael and yeah, he's you know, he's somewhat comatose or whatever. Apparently he hasn't moved or done anything since he burned to a crisp. <laughs> but uh, I do like the fact that they keep that continuity, at least in this movie, whereas he is covered in bandages, you know, uh, top to bottom almost. You know, kind of like the Invisible Man or something. Uh, so, you know, maybe he's just been in recovery that whole time. Why they would, you know, want him alive to begin with, who knows. But... Yeah, yeah. So, what, what choice do they have? Yeah, you know? yeah just, they can't kill him. He didn't well, die. He survived. What are they going to do? Well, you they know? didn't have to take him to a hospital and bandage him up. I mean, at the end of the movie, they just leave him in that fucking pit. <laughs> you know, they don't pick him up and take him to a hospital, do they? They don't yeah. even look to see if he's down there. They were already in a hospital for Christ's sakes. <laughs> very end of Frankenstein there. Yeah, <laughs> they could have treated him right at Hannafield Memorial. They were in the hospital. <laughs> I think he killed the whole staff, so maybe not. Yeah, no shit. Well, <laughs> uh, we didn't see the burn unit, so maybe they're still there. <laughs> that's <Who knows>? true. <laughs> but I do love the first fifteen minutes of this film. To me, that's the best. I like the way it starts, as far as this and the atmosphere of it, and the whole you know what plays out now. The, the, to yeah. me, the best parts of the movie are the first fifteen minutes, and then it just. We'll get to that in a, when we get to it, but it, then it trails. You know, you and I seem to be hating on it. Uh, universally, I think a lot more, a, a lot of people seem to like it. Um, I don't know, Gary. What do you think? I like it okay. I, yeah, I like okay? the I liked it better um, when I was younger, naturally, because mm-hmm. these are the first ones I ever saw. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even when I saw this on VHS for the first time. I even knew then. You know, as a twelve-year-old or ten or whatever, I, however old I was, uh, that I knew it just it, something was missing. You know, I couldn't. You know, at that age, you can't put your finger on it, but you knew it's different to the point that it's just not as satisfying. Unfortunately, yeah. To me, this is like the Jason Lives of the Halloween franchise, where a lot of people really seem to like it, and I just don't fucking just don't get the love. I think the reason people like it is because. People want Halloween sequels, and they want them to be good. Well, outside of of one and two, really, there's not a lot of good stuff. This is kind of the cream of of the sequels, really. The Meyer sequels, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and maybe not. I don't know. We'll get into it in other shows, but that's kind of my opinion of it right now is that, you know, well, if you want a sequel, you know, this is kind of you got to take this one. You know, maybe five. Who knows? But uh, yeah, this is kind of what you get. Yeah. How, how about did you realize that the the guy, the doctor that uh, is there, and he's talking about Loomis's position being more uh, whatever until he retires or dies. It's more in, entitled than anything at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. You do, you know who that that guy is? Fucking Ivan Drago's trainer from fucking Rocky Four. <laughs> really. <laughs> I never Holy realized shit. it till the other night. And I wasn't even the one that realized that I confessed my friend did. He go, that's Drago's trainer. I said, what? And, I, and as soon as he said it, clicked. I'm like, holy fuck, that's him. Whatever he hits, he destroys. Yeah, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, it's too bad he didn't have the accent in this one. I know, right? Great. 
he could have sold he... Michael the way he sold Drago in Pirates Form. You know? <laughs> and this dude gets it in a, a very strange fashion. I mean, we talked about some some head crushing and skull, uh, oh, you know, yeah. uh, shit the last movie. But this one, once uh, those two doctors mention the fact that <laughs> Michael Myers has a niece, uh... and, and you're right, this is fucking laughable, uh, he wakes up and instantly... <laughs> Murder, murder, must murder. Right. You know, like, <laughs> like what? I, okay, that's laughable in itself. But yeah. then he grabs that, grabs that guy's face, and pushes his thumb into his forehead. That was what? pretty cool. That was <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. I mean, it looks it was, cool. It's laughable. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's one. It's one of those things that just makes you chuckle. But it definitely, yeah, it's a good special effect. And I read on IMDb that that was an actual add-in. Like they needed, uh, they wanted to punch up some of the kills, and uh, so they brought in somebody to film in, like some close-ups of gore, essentially. And that was one of them right there. Was the thumb through the skull? Wow! And that's it. The gore in this movie. It, it's 1988 now. Times are different. And from what I heard, Mustafa Akkad didn't want that. He wanted it to be mm. like the original Halloween. And he even he was quoted as saying, "This is not a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah. This is a Halloween movie. Let's well, keep this like like Halloween." I can you know? respect that, you know, because you didn't see any gore in the first Halloween, right? right. And that, apparently, that's what he wanted because he just acquired it. Jamie Lee, uh, Jamie Lee, I'm sorry, John, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Actually, they were going to make this sequel, and they were going to bring Michael back, and they had another guy that wrote a couple novels that did the novelizations of parts two and three, mm-hmm. and he had a whole different script, and in his script. Uh, Halloween hadn't been celebrated for 10 years. Kind of like what they ended up doing in part six. Mm-hmm. But they hadn't celebrated Halloween in 10 years and something else. And he was going to be resurrected some other how, some other way. And they were going to do it. But then Carpenter and Hill sold the rights to Akkad. And I guess in that deal, Akkad nixed that guy's script. And then they went with what we end up getting. But mm. apparently he said, you know, when we're making this movie, he told the director... I want it to be a Halloween film, not a Friday the 13th. But I guess as time went on, um, I don't know, some other powers that be that were below him somehow coaxed him into saying, well, this isn't 1978 anymore, and, you know, right. this is where it's at. Fucking I, amp up the blood. I do I do applaud uh, Mr. Akkad for wanting to get back to that first movie. I mean, why wouldn't you want to? It's a fucking brilliant movie. You know, it, he just obviously wasn't working with as creative or talented filmmakers, uh, and so the product is lackluster, unfortunately. This this is a small thing, really, but one of my favorite things about the film was uh, the progression of Loomis's makeup. Like, is he? You see, the, the, it looked like he was burned. You know, it looked yeah. like it at his hands and on his face. You know. Yeah, I'm glad that they actually, you know, attempted to kind of explain that. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, with Michael and with him, you know, it's like, well, yeah, they fucking burned alive. I mean, come on. Not, not, not so much Michael. Michael was on fire all the way. Yeah. But yet he had all these bandages on, and then all of a sudden he gets, oh, I have a niece. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I feel no pain at all anymore. Right. He clenches his fist. Take off these bandages. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate that fucking Carpenter wrote in the family tie yeah. in part two. Because now you have to have it. I mean, or do you have to have it? You know, let's talk about that. What if he just came back, he escaped, and he came back to Haddonfield, and he stalked 
you know, other people. Would you guys been cool with that? Would you like that better? Do you like uh, the Jamie Lloyd character as his niece? I don't like it. I don't like the character. Mm-hmm. I know she's a small girl, but she has like these dream sequences where she sees Michael. How the fuck would she even know what the well? I guess she has a whole town screaming, "Your uncle's the boogeyman! Your uncle's the boogeyman!" <laughs> you know, I guess she would know what the mask looks like, but you know, how would she know? Like, I don't even know. I agree. How does anyone know what that mask looks like that wasn't there that night and didn't fucking witness Michael? And even later, when those guys are shooting and they shoot the one guy by accident, the fucking lynch mob, they say, "There he is! I see him!" And I'm thinking, how the fuck do you know what Michael Myers looks like? Nobody hmm. would know. It only very few people saw him and lived in the first place. You know, a couple cops would know, but they're not even there. Brackett's gone. The other guy's gone. It's a whole new group of cops. And the only guy that would know was Loomis. You know, and he didn't know he got the mask back. But I hear you. But, but back to your question about her and that character. I, uh, you know, I don't like kids in my slashers. I've said it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but upon watching this the other night, I will say that she had a really good performance in this movie. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like the fact that the character has to be there, the tie-in to Jamie Lee and the whole nine and and what Gary said about the, the dreams and all that shit. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it's unnecessary. But I, I can look back on the movie and say, you know what? This little girl at this time did a good job. She made the movie, well, the, the person that made the movie watchable is Donald Pleasance. He really carries the film in my opinion. If he's not there, fucking it's a, it's a complete turd. But... Oh, they, she they does needed, pretty they well. That, they needed that link to the movie, to the original story, to make mm-hmm. this movie work at all. Oh, yeah. He carries and, 4, and, 5, and, and 6. And part 5, too, yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah. He, he, you know, he's great in this movie, of course. Donald Pleasance, he still has his health. He's fucking, he, he plays the role of the burn victim and everything else. And everything that comes out of his mouth, you know, it's not gold the way part 1 was or even part 2. But, it, you know, he does have some good lines and he's good. And, and you know, and Daniel Harris does do well. Unfortunately, they had to put a kid in the movie, but uh, for years I talked shit about her because everybody fucking loves Jamie Lloyd. I always I used to hear it all the time, and I was like, ah, fuck Jamie Lloyd. But upon watching it, 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 it was a, a good performance by her, so I'm not going to hate on it. It's not her fault fucking the movie was fucking, you know, to nope. what, what it is that they cast a child, you know? What are you talking about Jamie Lloyd? Wherever she is, that little child is in mortal danger. Ours has been locked up since before she was born. He's never laid eyes on her. Six bodies, Sheriff! That's what I've seen between here and Ridgemont! A filling station in flames! I tell you, Michael Myers is here in this town! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Yeah, that's un- it's unfortunate. I wish they just would have uh, scrapped the whole bloodline idea and then... You know, we wouldn't have gotten the cult of Thorn if they if they didn't <laughs> do this. You know, and so it's true. You know, love or hate cult of Thorn. You know, it's it's because of Carpenter back in part two. He really started it. That fucking asshole.
tonight we're going to do something better. We're going to go trick-or-treating. I don't want to. It's Halloween. I mean, don't you want to get dressed up in a really scary costume and get some candy? Okay, he, he kills... He fucking kills these assholes uh, in, in the fucking uh in the van and you're right we're introduced to to jamie lloyd and she her parents died 11 months ago we don't know how or why but jamie has a picture of her mom and fuck i mean this is a production still from halloween one right okay (laughs) totally it's like (laughs) she doesn't have an updated picture of her mom it's this really fucking old picture at that fucking that i mean you're it'd right. be it'd be nice it'd be nice to uh to recut this and then have uh a picture of Jamie Lee Curtis from like the Activa commercials <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Do it fucking George Lucas style, huh? Just fucking yeah, insert someone exactly. else in there. <laughs> exactly. That's but funny. yeah, we're introduced to Jamie Lloyd and she's having these nightmares about her uncle killing her in the mask and stuff like that. It's questionable. She also you see the fucking ambulance on the sh- she sees it in the street now okay in part five they allude to like this psychic connection which is nuts we'll get there yeah. but uh are they trying to allude to it here with her knowledge of him and the ambulance and stuff like that even though it's a dream she still sees it in the dream is that what they're trying to allude to or is it just them being stupid well did she see go back to what you said about you know for being clairvoyant, I guess maybe it plays in this film, but they don't they don't they don't play it up like they did right. when they do in the fifth one. Yeah, because she could have been, been seeing through the killer's eyes when he when he off people in the ambulance. Yeah, it could have huh. been part of part of her nightmare, and then all of a sudden she saw the, the ambulance on the street. Like, wow, this shit's pretty real, you know. Yeah, I do like that that kind of continuity, even though they're they're not really, you know, jamming it down your throat, but it's kind of there in inklings. And I think it's more of a happy accident, you know? It's like, okay, later they wrote in the psychic element. But, you know, it's kind of here, you know, in this movie. And, uh, it, it, you know, kind of plays up at the end, especially when right. she takes off, you know? It's um, kind of cool. I mean, and, th- and that, if you figure that into the equation, it makes sense mm-hmm. that she does have a little bit of a, of a, a psychic tie to him because of the way the movie um, concludes. Problem is, in part five, they scrap what happens at the end of four, which is... The first mistake, yes. but but whatever. I mean, what are you gonna do? But I guess in that respect, it makes sense that that she would have some type of connection and and figure that out. What I think about it is, I really feel sorry for the poor girl. I'm watching when she's crying and the thing, and she gets grabbed under the thing, and then she's in the closet crying. Her parents had just been killed 11 months ago, and the whole sequence. It really does. You really do, you know. You really feel bad for this little girl. That's what I got the other night when I was watching. I was like, ah, poor Jamie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, oh yeah, she's been through and now this and you know. So that 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 part of the plot sucked me in a little more. So yeah, was- you know, she's gonna grow up to be one fucked up person. I mean, when you're <laughs> that young, your parents die, your uncle's a fucking mass murderer. Get fucked. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're gonna have a fucked up life. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so, very true. So, uh, yeah, Michael makes his way, you know, he's he's making his way back to Haddonfield. Loomis catches on. How does he catch on? I forget. Fucking, uh... Oh, oh he, they, they, they find the van or something like him. that? Yeah, yeah, he goes okay. to that doctor. Tell him uh-huh. there was an accident, that wherever, wherever there was an accident. <laughs> well, here's what it is. 
he happens to go to that guy's place, the the doctor that was talking shit about Loomis in the beginning. He called him in and he goes, how come I wasn't notified of this? Because I guess he had to tell him legally that he was transferred. I should have mm-hmm. been told. So he called him in to tell it, and it just so happens when Loomis is in the office, the guy gets the phone call saying that there's an accident. <laughs> and then, this part's great because he doesn't even finish the sentence, and Loomis fucking turns around and walks out the fucking room. He already knows Michael's loose. Oh, yeah, there's a oh, He's gone, man. <laughs> you know why? Because he is so fucking happy. That he oh, has yeah. something to do. He's like, yes! Again. yes! Ten years of nothing! <laughs> Let's do this! He straps on his fucking gloves. He's like, it's time to go a Michael hunting. You know, he's fucking all about this shit, man. Oh, the obsession continues. Yes. He, get, he gets more joy out of this than in Halloween 1 when he <laughs> scares those kids off. Hey, Lonnie, get your fucking ass away from there. <laughs> His fan, oh, his, he, yeah. <laughs> I am talking about evil on two legs. <laughs> because the first thing he says in this one. <laughs> We're not talking about any ordinary prisoner, Hoffman. We are talking about evil on two legs. I can see this is useless. Do you know what today is? Do you know the date? Every day I look at myself in the mirror and... And every day I remember. Look at me, Hoffman. Take a good look. I don't want anyone to have to live through that night again. Oh man, he will. Uh, he just will not. He is relentless. <laughs> how, about when, how about when he gets to the accident scene and immediately he doesn't even give a fuck. He walks. <laughs> how, many, how many bodies were there? Okay, there's five, but they're all torn up. He goes right into the fucking water, clothes yep. and everything, shoes, fucking red shoes, trudges <laughs> right in there. Fucking not even a question. Looking around, well, he's gone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking determined. Yeah. The evil is gone. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yes, brother. indeed. Evil is gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he ends up catching up to, to uh, Michael at a gas station, or a garage, rather. And, of course, Michael's got to get some clothes. And what, what better place than a garage? You know, he needs, needs some coveralls, man. He needs exactly. coveralls. Exactly. And, uh, but a curious thing, you know, it's just a continuity error, but I think it's rather funny. Doesn't he thrust – he impales this guy in the chest while he's wearing the coveralls, but yet later in the movie, Michael's wearing this his clothes – and there's no puncture hole, there's no blood on it or anything like that. It's just a small nitpick, but I just think that's kind of funny. <laughs> Very good was that. Uh, maybe there was maybe there was a closet in the back and he killed him <laughs> and then was like, "Well, that's got blood on it. I want to wear something clean." You know, he goes there's a fucking locker back there. He just has his pick of all the shit. <laughs> he wrote multiple, never... multiple coveralls. Yeah, yeah, he's got them all lined up in the fucking closet. Like, uh, what's his name? He has the same clothes every day. Well, what the fuck is that? He opens up the drawers and he has the same fucking outfit. Five different outfits of the same one. This, where Loomis and Michael meet, is is some awesome. of the best stuff of the movie. Um, yeah, Loomis just happens to get gas there, and he sees the dead body, and then his meeting of Michael is great. I agree. And, and that shot of them zooming in on Michael, even though he's not wearing his mask yet, you know, it's just them. You know, it's like the two titans kind of thing of the movie. Right. And it's their, like, iconic meeting. And it's it's a great moment. I really enjoy that part. Why now? 
You waited ten years. I knew this day would come. Don't go to Haddonfield. If you want another victim, take me. But leave those people in peace. Please. God damn you. Yeah, it's, it's tremendous. Again, yeah. the whole speech, you know, and then, then he fires. God damn you. When he fucking shoots at him. Oh, then he's gone. <laughs> that part plays silly to me because he starts shooting at him. And he's gone. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it cuts over and, you know, he's... Sh- uh, he's shocked that he's not there anymore. Well, didn't wouldn't you have seen him walk away? I don't. He's he's like twenty feet away from you. He's you know he's just surprised that he's not there anymore. Hey, fuck, maybe you shot him into oblivion. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Tele- know why he make. I hear teleportation. Jason. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, no yep. shit. Yeah, he definitely does do some teleportation kind of shit in this movie. Nineteen eighty eight, uh, man. It's fucking mm-hmm. what it's all about. Yeah. This movie looks like any other movie made in 1988, and that—that's the problem. You know, it's just another another horror movie that came out that year. Yes, exactly. There's you know, nothing special to it at all. Um, the, the except fact, Donald Pleasance. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. That's my opinion. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the special thing about it. You know, they're doing the thing where uh, Michael is the main character as opposed to. You know any anybody else? You know they they push them to the forefront because you know ultimately yes that's what you want to see but you know less is more as we know with a lot of these kind of movies they 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 take him out of the shadows he is no longer I mean holy fuck he is like Jigsaw in this fucking movie don't you think (laughs) he's fucking okay after Loomis accidentally uh, disables the long distance uh, uh, phone lines. With the fire, oh yeah, <laughs> which yeah. Is, is how convenient. But then later, uh, Michael, he's like, "Well, you know, I gotta kill this little girl, and she's eight, and it's gonna be really tough to get her. I need to take out the whole town first before I start uh, stalking her. So I need to thrust a guy onto the power grid and have that shut down, and then I need to take out the entire uh, police force." And then I'll go chase after. He's got like this grand scheme. I don't fucking understand. Whereas the the first one, you lose all the sense from the first one. Whereas he just saw Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, and then just kind of followed her from there. And then it was like he was locked in. But now he's got this grand plan. And there's so many stages and steps to take out his niece. And that's so out of character. It's one of the uh, failures of this movie. Yeah, too the, calculated. I think one yeah. of the cool, cool plot devices film is is one of his first kills where he kills the <laughs> the guy at the power station for some reason. Right. He he throws them on the the big <laughs> transformer and all and right. all their all their lights are out. So it kind of adds them to it. I think in the atmosphere, like, hey, you got no power and there's, there's a killer on the loose. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it makes sense in that in that uh, light. Yeah, absolutely. And anywhere you go, you don't have any power because apparently he knocked Ooh. out the whole town. Yeah. Haddonfield is a small place, apparently. <laughs> they they only have one phone line for long distance and the car <laughs> outside of the town. And holy shit! How about when Loomis fucking is at that gas station and he jumps behind those barrels when the fucking when the car first explodes? It's fucking hysterical. Just because it's Loomis, it's great. Right? Yeah, he's <laughs> like an action star. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it would be funny if he feasts like basically sat up from laying down 
and he dusted off the trench coat and said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm getting too old for this shit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should have said that. That would have worked. Instead, he said fucking, uh... <laughs> fucking liars. <laughs> I seen bodies thrown 50 feet from a, from an ambulance. And he says, I see men do this. And he goes, you talking about him as if he's a man. That part of him died years ago. <laughs> You're talking about him as if he were a human being. That part of him died years ago. He's giving his fucking customary lines right off the bat. He's like, another Halloween, another kitchen knife. How can the same shit happen to the same guy three times? <laughs> or I guess twice. Uh, one and two are in the same night. But yeah. yeah. So, uh. <laughs> it's funny. Though. The good doctor is the John McClane of horror films. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Of course, you know, we're introduced to uh, Jamie Lloyd's sister, Rachel. Uh, her foster sister essentially and she's stuck with babysitting her for the night and she can't go out with uh, Brady uh, Brady yeah he's gonna and, commit <laughs> and anytime anytime this asshole's on screen all I see is his fucking eyebrows it's like watching <laughs> it's like watching Silent Night Deadly Night Part 2 you know that guy was animated with his eyebrows but Brady's eyebrows are so bushy it's like a vortex. I can't stop <laughs> looking at them. I don't look at anything else. It's fucked up. Holy fuck. He does yeah. have those big bushy eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> you know but, what I think about is fucking Dazed and Confused. Cause he's, yeah. I, I've, seen that, I've seen Dazed and Confused a hell of a lot more times than I've seen this. So I identify him as that character every time I see him now. Right. You know? mm-hmm. But yeah. The guy, the guy in the overalls. Yeah, I forget his name. But the yeah, guy I that wears the overalls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but Matt, Matt has an obsession with uh, with uh, eyebrows, though, because he, he had <laughs> <laughs> you had that same problem in fucking what was that other movie with that girl with the fucking eyebrows? Hell, sense sorority row or one of them that we oh covered. yeah oh <laughs> god because it, it was like it was like grooming and and trimming hair wasn't a thing back then. It's just like oh my god because yeah, chicks practically shave those fuckers off now and True. Like, right right oh man I just wasn't used to it kind of took me by surprise <laughs> i wonder what our fucking bush looks like get the fuck out of here <laughs> oh my god I'd like to find out well maybe not nowadays maybe not yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jackson Free Sayer, Dumont County. Pleased to make your acquaintance. How far are you going, Mr. Sayer? God's country, promised land. Where you heading, Mr. Uh, Loomis? Haddonfield. Car trouble? Sort of. You're hunting it, ain't you? Yeah, you're hunting it, all right. Just like me. What are you hunting, Mr. Sam? Apocalypse, end of the world, Armageddon. It's always got a face and a name. I've been hunting the bastard for 30 years, give or take. Come close a time or two. Too damn close. You can't kill damnation, mister. It don't die like a man dies. I know that, Mr. Sayer. Oh, you're a pilgrim, all right. I saw it on your face back there in the dust. I saw it clear as breasts and blue suede shoes. Would you like a drink? 
once Michael gets to Haddonfield, uh, we get a, another kind of cool little scene where uh, Jamie and her sister Rachel go to the discount store, or whatever, to get a Halloween mask. Michael gets his mask because they just sell these masks everywhere, I guess. Yeah, um, apparently, because two other guys were wearing them later. Yeah, yeah. it's a popular mask. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and now, but how was he able to just walk in to this place in his fucking Invisible Man bandages? Walk anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking daylight. Ooh. He's just able to walk around town and nobody, nothing, I mean, come on. You know, give me... Give me something. There's no way that's going to fucking happen. Teleportation, Michael. <laughs> I need to be over there. I need to be back over there. I need to be here. I mean, the, uh, Jamie sees him put his mask on for the first time in this movie, gets frightened, breaks a fucking mirror, and that doesn't cause alarm. You know, she gets, you know, get her up. She wipes her butt. All right, let's get out of here. Oh, yeah, you just had a bad dream. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's still right there. I mean, come, how big is this store? It's not like a fucking... Uh, Walmart. Sam's or Walmart or something. <laughs> There's probably three fucking aisles in this place. Yeah. And... It's, like a, it's a pharmacy. It's like a mom-pop oh, fucking brother. little pharmacy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's... Probably, it's... Has, two, probably has two exits. <laughs> right. he, he, got, he got one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. Right. Okay, now we see Michael's look finally realized. And with the jumpsuit, with the mask... And this look is fucking atrocious to me. Yeah. His, I mean, he's like, he's, it's like he's got shoulder pads on under there. I don't get that at all. Is no. that the guy's regular body? Or are they trying to beef him up? <laughs> I don't know. He's too tall. Know. His shoulder pads. He looks like a fucking action figure. That's what he looks like. Oh, you're right. Holy yeah. shit. One, you, got a, you got a slight afro going on too a little bit. Yeah. 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 yeah they don't have the mask anymore. Fucking they the don't mask is have missing. the mask. It's it's unfortunate that they couldn't. That they, I mean, they came nowhere near what the oh. first mask was. I mean, nowhere near. And it's crazy. It's baffling to me that this this is what they came up with. And so <laughs> let's go with this. I definitely would have been happier with a Dick Warlock in this. I don't know who this guy is, but I hate to say it, but oh. George, George P. Wilbur. Yeah, okay. George P. Wilbur, a Family Guy fame. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, you never see when Peter fucking talked about it, how he was in part four and six, and he's in the in the episode. Yeah, no, I, I gotta check that out. Yeah, they tribute him on fucking Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. George P. <laughs> Wolf. <huh? laughs> yeah, he's yeah his whole body language, the it just doesn't work. It's not the same Michael. You know, something happened to him after that fucking uh, after the explosion. He is not the same guy. He's definitely it, it's, it's a shame. But, it um, it's, it's a bigger shame that we actually want to see Dick Warlock after yeah. after his picture yeah. <laughs> That's how bad that is. Think about what you're comparing it to. You yeah, know? Which, which we did not like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to fucking replace puke with a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> get, get this puke out of here. Give me that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> And then now, what about the part you know after after the rooftop fiasco? After they get out the the, the window of the of the sheriff's house and they're on the roof and mm-hmm. the part where doctor doctor grabs her, like she knows who the fuck she is. This creepy ass old man with a burn ass face and a, and a fucking trench coat. She's already scared enough already. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She he does just approach her and she goes with him like it's her fucking grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was what? I mentioned that as I was watching it the other night. 
See, yeah. she talks. She talks to strangers. She, she's asking for trouble. See. Yeah, she deserves to fucking die. <laughs> what a fucking baffling movie. You're right, man. Oh, very. <laughs> Once again, my theory is fucking proven. Loomis goes to the police station, and the police station curse continues. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Holy shit. I, <laughs> I couldn't let it slide. You know? uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yep. Dave has this theory that anytime a horror franchise goes to the police... Uh, they jump the shark, and any, this... any movie, yeah, any movie, oh, just any movie, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because police shit. should not be involved in uh, a horror movie such as this. They once you introduce them, then you introduce an entirely different element that it, it just always ruins the movie. And I'm so glad you opened my eyes up to that theory, Dave. <laughs> and I just discovered it by accident. But it's just it isn't even the police because there's police in part one. And in part two, you just you just cannot set foot in a police station. Once ah. you're in a police station, you're done. That's it. Even what do you call? It? Even Jeepers Creepers when they go to the police station. That's when I first noticed it. That and there's no cops there. It's just an empty fucking place, I believe. Either way, the movie took a shit from that moment on. But I digress. I'm sure yeah. we have better things to talk about than the cop shop curse. <laughs> Since the uh, police force gets wiped out, we almost instantly get a fucking mob <laughs> to start up. Only because there's a curfew set, and and no one is answering at the police station. That that it shows this fucking bar and all these fucking yeah. you know overweight hillbillies. Yeah, and, and it comes on the news. There's a curfew set in place, and I'm like, well, I'll call the fucking sheriff. Figure this out. Bring, bring, bring. It just keeps ringing. All right, boys fucking suit up you know they in instantly are like let's go you know grab some guns and then they drive off i that blew my fucking i don't remember that part until this until i watched it this time that blew my fucking mind that they're they're that hillbilly that they just instantly fucking uh start a mob you know just yeah, at the true. drop of a hat it's like they, they just they're just sitting around they can't fucking wait to start a fucking mob and they're like man i wish something would happen so we could fucking, you know, start a mob and go chase and kill some of our neighbors and shit. Oh, speaking of which, I said, found a continuity error in the in the power being out everywhere. They have power at the damn bar to watch the fucking sports. Oh yeah. Drink. Oh yeah, you're fucking right. Wow. <laughs> this movie. Oh, continuity yeah. errors. Oh boy. wow. How about that? Well, they did remember what happened ten years ago. The one guy said his daughter or his son, his son, I believe, was killed by Michael. Oh, so I think no he's shit. chomping okay. at the bit. Yeah. Yeah. So he himself is chomping at the bit to go. He's kind of the mouthpiece of the fucking gang. I think he's he's the guy that drives, and he just seems to be the guy that they all follow. He's like, all right, let's go. And then oh, okay. his son was killed 10 years ago by Michael. So, Could have been Ben Tramer, but he wasn't killed by Michael. He was killed by the yes. police. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Ben Tramer once again. So he has beef with Michael and the police. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're both responsible for Ben Tramer's death. <laughs> Jesus. There you go. That's explained. It's Tremor's dad. <laughs> you you got Loomis in the background with uh, Sheriff Meeker, and he is no Sheriff Brackett by any means. But no, no. At, at, least, at least he listens. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. At least he he comes from a, a mentality of this already happening in town. So it, it's good that you know he instantly is like, okay, shut the fucking town down. You know, we got to find this guy above all else, you know. So I do like that aspect, but it would have been cool if it was Sheriff Brackett, though, still in that role. 
Yeah, that would have been really cool. I'm mm-hmm. surprised they could. Maybe he was passed away, but it would have yeah. been nice if they could have got him back. Yeah, that would have been. That would have elevated this movie. Because he even asked for him right away when he gets in the station. Where's yeah. Sheriff Brackett? You know, yeah. well, <laughs> he retired a couple of years ago in '81, or he went somewhere, and I'm the guy. And we, we folks out here are, aren't likely to forget about you, Doctor Loomis. And then there he goes. Yeah, one thing leads to another, and then we get to the sheriff's house where uh, the uh, the gorgeous Kelly Meeker is making out with eyebrows. Hey now. And yeah. uh, <laughs> she's definitely the banana that I want to peel in this movie. I second I, I, that. I, 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 yeah, I was going to say, I see there's no way that you guys could disagree with this. Oh, I don't no know. Way. You like Rachel, Gary? No, I'd pick the, I'd pick the skank, the sure thing. Okay, yeah, Straight there on. you go. I mean, Straight come on. Up. Yeah, it, if, body. Yeah, if she's good. answering the door in just a oh. long t-shirt and panties, right? What? This is yeah. cops. This is cops. Do it by the book, <laughs> right? Yeah, and not. Just I smell that. a she slut, spe- right? Oh, she's she spends the rest of the movie like that. Yeah, that's what I. And her father's right there, right and there. She's walking around all these people with just her underwear on and fucking a long shirt over it. And what no- the fuck? Right? Clothes on horror shit. Right. Her bra got stuffed underneath the fucking the couch. You know, <laughs> she's walking around, titties bouncing, fucking. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but here's one thing. Here's my one of the big beefs of the movie that they do go back to Sheriff Brackett's house. Michael Myers jumps in the fucking back seat of the fucking deputy and yeah. takes the ride to yeah. go back to the fucking house. Number one, why would he do that in the first place? Number two, how could he have known that Jamie was going to be at that house? Psychic link. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not overt in this movie, but it will be brought up in the next movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind it's kind of like how the cult of Thorn is kind of hinted at in part five. Well, the psychic link is hinted at in part four, and then fleshed out in five. I'm I'm giving them way too much credit. <laughs> it is fucked up. He just crawls in the back seat of a cop car. He's a big tall motherfucker too. The cop doesn't see him. He just sits back there and fucking just takes a ride. Do 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 do. Fucking sitting in the back seat, whistling. You know, just chilling the fuck out. And then <laughs> he gets in there. You know, the guy, the, the sheriff goes. Then, then the, the deputy goes in. Then he comes out and he sees that both doors are open. He thinks nothing of it. Doesn't say anything to anybody. Yeah, that's kind of strange. Not going back to the whole him being burnt thing. They show a lot of close up of close ups of his hands. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks just like like an old man's hands. It don't look like you got burned all in the hands. No, they they definitely skimped on the makeup. There. Yeah, they gave Lewis yeah. some, and that was it. They, they spent all Lewis's makeup. It was the budget. There you go. <laughs> I had heard that uh, John Carpenter's initial vision. I mean, you kind of talked about this, Dave. Was that we we place it in Haddonfield, but uh, either you know the town is just like haunted. By Michael Myers, maybe literally, like he's just an actual ghost, right? Or or something like that. Um, now, I I would have really enjoyed that angle. I think if it was well made, if it was made by Carpenter or something like that, sure. I think he could have made that movie really work. Whereas it's kind of like a new nightmare kind of movie, where it's like the villain isn't there, but his presence is still there, and and what he did to the town. That that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. It was but, something uh, like that. They said that it was going to be some about the, the suppressed uh, memories of him and not yeah. not bringing him up actually somehow made him stronger. It's, it's kind of like what they ended up doing with Freddy vs. Jason with Freddy. Mm-hmm. That that's what I got out of by the thing the documentary I saw when he mentioned that. But you know, you're right, Dave. the 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 worst atrocity of this movie is the fact that Michael's character is completely different. 
if they if they would have changed just that element, this movie probably would be a lot better. But he's so out of character. You know, he's not, like I said, he's the mastermind. He's fucking jigsaw. He's worked out all these fucking steps, you know, and he's actually, uh, he's not a a stealth stalker like he was in part one. He's chasing Jamie and Rachel, you know, on the roof. Whereas if that was the Michael in part one, he would have just fucking left and waited for them to come down and then started chasing them again. He, He wouldn't have walked out there on the roof and risked his life trying to do it no it's it's very out of character and that's the the biggest flaw of this mm-hmm. entire movie the last but, half hour is just fucking to me is atrocious number yeah. one they take loomis out of the equation loomis goes i'm gonna go back to the lloyd house and see if i can he's gonna go there yeah he's not in there. the climax really. so he's gone so number one you take out your fucking lead character the guy that's carried the film and, and any type of interesting thing at all i mean okay the jamie character whatever that that's that's a whole other thing but you take lewis out of the equation the last half hour of the movie and then you put fucking seven people on a house and it's just not climactic to me it's not scary to me when there's seven people on a house together it's just it just falls completely flat right about the hour mark that happens it's like an hour and 28 minutes long or what have you and as soon as they get into the sheriff's house there is one really good scene with michael in the rocking chair which worked and it fucking fooled me and it fooled me again the other day because I forgot about it. I think it's fucking sweet. Aside from that, there was teen drama. There was bullshit. Nothing really happened in the house, and it just was blah. You know. I, I love the very I want to call it almost Looney Tunes scene where he uh, somehow gets underneath the, the hillbilly's pickup truck and he goes on the pickup truck and starts attacking him on the pickup truck. Dude, oh my god! <laughs> so when okay, he, when, he, when he when he rips that guy's throat out. Awesome. Best that, scene of the film right there. That's the yes. banana split to me yes, right Yes, sir. I, I, banana I, split. No as question. soon as I saw that throat rip, I'm like, that is it. That's the it, That fucking worked right there. He fucking Patrick swayze his fucking ass, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. But what's ridiculous is that guy's driving, and there's three fucking dudes in the back seat. And first of all, he throws two guys off. He gets it. He crawls up on that thing for no reason. All of a sudden, he crawls up on it. He throws two guys off, and the third guy is still facing forward at nothing, not realizing that the things are going on right behind him. Then he throws that guy off. Now that's three men that have been thrown off the back of a fucking truck, <laughs> and the driver can't doesn't notice a thing. What the no, fuck? Well, well, they're they're in the bed, and he's in the in the. I mean, they're in the bed, and he's in the cab. So it's not like he's any, you know. You wouldn't hear people, three, fucking four grown men running around on a, on a fucking the cab of a truck, pulling each other off and fighting. And it's a pickup truck. You could have fishtailed the fuck out of that thing and swung him off. <laughs> right. How long was Michael hanging on the back of this truck? <laughs> a good fucking long time. You guys remember the, the scene in the Simpsons episode, one of the one of the Sideshow Bob episodes. Where Sideshow Bob, where they go to they go to witness protection, and Sideshow Bob is strapped to their station wagon with a belt. Oh yeah, well that's straight out of Cape Fear, right there. <laughs> oh, that's with, right. Uh, yeah, with Robert De Niro, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's what he did. He strapped himself to the bottom of a truck with a belt. What the fuck? He was like that dog in fucking in, in uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. That fucking Jimmy oh, Chase tied to the God. back. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> But Michael was able to keep up. He's better than a dog. Poor little pooch. <laughs> yep. Kept up for a mile or two. <laughs> Tough little mutt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yes, he does kill a dog in this movie. For no reason this time. Tell you me know? when you saw that fucking dead dog, you're like, that's classic Michael. 
love it. <laughs> you know? Well, it, I, you know, it did. It did make me say, "Hey, no one else has killed two dogs in a series." Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, that is classic. But the, the first time we did it for food, this time we did it for fun. <laughs> yeah. so, you know? uh, he's he's a different man. Something that I feel like also could have elevated this movie uh, with Michael would be that you don't hear him, you know, like breathing. Oh, yeah. In the mask. You don't hear him like he does some slight grunts and stuff in, you know, one and two. And that that kind of stuff just kind of makes him seem more real. You know, now he's he's definitely he's the shape. He's a fucking walking blank. There's nothing going on there whereas the first one the first couple uh, especially the first one you still get a sense that you know it's a person underneath that mask you know here it's definitely like you said dave it's an action figure totally right yeah, yeah it's blah there's just nothing right. to it what do you guys think about the fucking kelly meeker kill because <laughs> although i think it's cool it's also a fucking laughable use of a gun you know yeah. it's like you have a gun well i'm i'm a slasher i don't use i don't shoot guns so i'll stab you with this fucking gun <laughs> always cracked me up it kind of reminds me of the scene from dust till dawn where harvey Keitel he's, he's, he's uses the, the cross for no oh. is he, he uses the cross for the shotgun yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right and he yeah. jabs it in the, the, the vampire's belly and he just keeps shooting him <laughs> with the gun while he's right. in the vampire's belly oh yeah that's right that's yeah, what that's it, me of. <laughs> it is cool it's just weird though i hear you yeah, i do like what, what it led into it i love the fucking situation with the rocking chair and her thinking that it was the deputy yes. or whoever it was and then you stand up and it's that's fucking actually slightly scary that's cool it, it was an effective uh, a trick you know but then, yeah, it, it, once again, it's so unlike the character of Michael in the other movies where he would just use a blunt object, a knife, or whatever. You wouldn't see a kill like that from Michael. All of a sudden, because it's 1988 and fucking Jason's popular and makeup and Freddy's out and everything else, well, <laughs> okay, we're just going to have him shove a fucking... In, we're going to fucking penetrate this fucking chick. <laughs> right through the fucking wall, you know? So Yeah, he didn't get the, he didn't get the kitchen knife until... The chase until he killed everyone in the sheriff's house, and the chase led up to the roof. Yeah, and, where's the fucking knife? Come and that on. he found that knife like upstairs somewhere. He's like, ah, oh, cutlery. Yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> finally, Jesus Christ! <laughs> right. Yes. All but, he wanted was his machete. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Until then, I'm, until then, I'm killing motherfuckers of power transformers. Come here. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> huh. So if I throw you onto this, is that gonna electrocute you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Boom. You know, like <laughs> what the fuck? He's too smart yeah. for his own good. I mean, in part two, he at least had a fucking scalpel because he was in a hospital. They were going for fantastical fucking uh, inventive gore kills, and you know what I mean. It was the times. Yeah, uh, to me, so, uh, just the kills overall. Uh, if they were trying to amp them up in any way, they could have done way better because mm-hmm. you know, like we said, you had the throat rip was, is the best. Yeah, it was you ha- you had the skull you know crush in the beginning. That's okay, mm-hmm. you know. And when but, he killed Brady, that was cool, kind of. You know. Uh, yeah, didn't he just crush his head? He again picked there? him up. Yeah, I think so. It. Yeah, he, he picked him up by his throat. He rubbed his fucking thumb into like his cheekbone or something. Made it look that way and kind of smashed him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean yeah. to showcase his strength. Once again, they're making him. But they've done that before, I guess. They made him look very strong. So yeah, yeah. I kind I kind of wish though because I had read you know that they had went back and reshot stuff to amp up the gore, and I kind of wish they just 
reshot death scenes altogether like they did with part six and they changed a lot of a lot of those and made them gorier the, the kills don't stand out here and that and it's a halloween series they really don't but if that's what they were going for why not go as far as you can with it you know what i mean so plus you, you had uh the maestro i guess of this time he did friday seven you know jack oh, carl bugler yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the effects. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, he's good, too. Absolutely. Yeah, and his... Could have showcased his work more in this film. Yeah. Huh, no shit. I didn't know that. Like okay. you said, a cod didn't want a lot of gore, so, you know, you got a little bit, but you didn't get a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. You got, definitely got more, but, yeah. So then, uh, this thing... Yeah, after the hillbilly uh, toss-around in the truck, <laughs> uh, fucking... Uh, this thing ends up... Uh, you know, off the side of a highway, and and Michael gets thrown off the fucking truck as he should have, and Rachel takes the wheel and plows this dude down, and seemingly actually kills him because he's laying there. The cops fucking the cavalry comes right. in. He's laying there, and his hand you see his hand loosen its grip off of the knife, right. and that's something that he would have never have done before. So it's like, well. Are they saying that killed him? I mean, he's fallen from from roofs. <laughs> he's fucking been shot six times, you know, and <laughs> and anything else. He's been burned alive, but yet getting hit by this truck, that seemed like enough for him. It wasn't until his niece came up and had that interaction with him, and I think that kind of woke him up. Now, when Rachel, when Rachel was driving the truck, uh-huh. I mean, I've, I've stood up in the back of a, of a moving pickup truck, there's not much stability back there, especially driving like she was. Yeah. She just hit yeah. the brakes. That motherfucker would have flew. <laughs> right. right. Jamie has a connection with Michael. You know, obviously she's she's fearful of this guy. But as we pointed out, there's something going on there. And yeah. whether they wanted to, you know, overtly say it or not, there's some kind of stupid connection that we're supposed to understand because – she goes up and touches Michael. He wakes up, and then that's when you know all hell breaks loose with the yep. cops, and Done they the blast they blast his ass uh, into oblivion, and he falls into some weird cavern, uh, something off the side of the road. And they just fucking walk away. Okay. And they just walk away. <laughs> and also, I want to point out they don't drop any fucking dynamite down the hole <laughs> to to Correct. finish it up. You know. Yeah, they just walk away. You're police. Right. Do fucking police work. Right. Make sure he's dead. Take him to the morgue. Cremate him. What the fuck? Yes, I how many times has he, he come back? My God. you know. Even, even if he was dead or alive, being an officer of the law, you'd have to take the body somewhere. Yeah. No, let's just leave it here. It's fine. It's it's like uh, it's like in Friday 7 when when the psychic girl's dad is just in the lake still it's like what you guys didn't call the cops and have him pull his body out of there what the fuck it's good to go yeah that's fine he's dead that's that fuck we We might need him one day to be a zombie to come out of the water (laughs) oh shit don't call nobody yeah okay so that's that michael's dead i don't it's so unsatisfying just that right there alone the fact that that's supposed to be how you you know it's like all those it's like the nightmare on elm street endings where it's just like 
Uh, yeah, Freddy's dead now because we showed a, we, we <laughs> held a mirror up to his face. Oh boy! Don't so he's dead now. Head. You know, oh. I know how much you love that day. Uh, <laughs> right. It's that what kind of game. shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it just fucking pisses me off that they just didn't. They they weren't creative enough to fucking think of something better. Get uh, the fuck out of here, dude. Awful. Well, they 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 stole from Frankenstein. When he, when he falls in the ditch, and then especially the, especially the whole beginning part, the whole beginning sequence of the second of the, the fifth movie, oh uh-huh. yeah, is straight out of Bride of Frankenstein. Oh really? Okay. Right. You're right. Oh, very good, Gary. Fuck. Huh. No yeah. shit. Well, yep. I applaud them for that. Okay. But yep. that's it, right? Huh? No shit. So that. But this happens... is Michael Myers in 1988. Yeah. And this is a okay. guy that keeps coming back, and fucking this town has been through hell for ten years because of this guy. Do more than fucking blast him with a couple of shotguns and technically they had a break for ten years, technically. (laughs) Well this is true, right. Correct. (laughs) That's true. So then uh we get back to um the the Lloyd's, I guess, house and uh you know, we're ready for a happy ending, you know, but then we get a nice call back to part one and that we see a POV of a kid with a mask and we know it's Jamie. She goes apparently she stabs her her foster mother. We ne- we don't see it, right? We don't see any kind of killing. We just see the you aftermath. See the bloody scissors. Like yeah, you yeah. Mm-hmm. You see the aftermath. Right, right. Yeah, and well, then we it. get a moment of brilliance awesome. from Donald Pleasance. Awesome. Go ahead, go ahead, Dave. No, no, no. <laughs> love it. Oh, love it. Uh, it's so hysterical. <laughs> I mean, God, you just got to love fucking Donald Pleasance Loomis. It's just fucking awesome. I mean, he's so over the top, you know, in most instances. It's fucking great. And, yeah, so do you guys like this ending? Love it. Fucking, I once again, I've said it with several movies, and I'm going to say with this movie. They should have stopped right fucking here. Halloween 4 should have been the last damn Halloween. Once again, it ended right there. She fucking flips. She kills. Loomis flips. There she is, bloody. What an incredible fucking end to a movie. Mm-hmm. And then credits roll. We never see fucking Halloween sequels again. I. It made him. It would have bumped up this movie a little bit for me, just because if that was the true end of the series. So yeah, I love it. What am I gonna say? Fuck, it was great. Well, it goes, guys... it goes back to the thing where I don't know how much money the movie made, but I bet it was made on a dime. Probably the, their biggest actor in the film was Pleasance. Mm-hmm. That they right? actually had to pay. As, just like in the, the original movie, the your biggest star was Donald Pleasance. Absolutely right. Yep. But I'm sure they had him for more than a day, like two days, as they did on the first the first Halloween. Yeah. But, well, now this was his fucking vehicle. I mean, he, yeah, he's, I, he's the selling point of this film. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know he's he's ready to do these until he dies, which is literally what he does. What he did. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But am I the only one? I loved it. What do you guys think about the end? It's, it's good. It's just fitting, I guess. You know. The torch being passed, you know, he's supposedly dead, mm-hmm. and you know she she's right mentally gone, and it, that that like I said, that mental link was there. Well, maybe yeah, she becomes the killer. They shit all over it in part five, but is this, is this yeah. as a movie and this as an ending? I think are are you know it's a great ending to a fucking subpar movie. Yeah, they they Tommy Jarvis the ending. Uh, definitely. And I enjoy it. Uh, I like the callback of Jamie having the clown outfit that uh, Michael did from part one. That was a brilliant choice by them. And and her just picking it out, 
in the store goes back to that kind of psychic link. You know, she's drawn to that outfit, you know, and stuff like that. Well, th- well, that's why. But yeah, I thought it was a great ending. And I, you know, most of the time, you know, I enjoy movies that kind of set something else up. It's like even if they don't elaborate on it in a sequel or anything like that, they set up something in your imagination. And yeah. and that's the last thing you see. And so then 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 your mind just goes off. Well, what's going to happen now? You know, and that's the fun in mm-hmm. a lot of these movies, the take home factor. And this one has a big, big take home factor. And I think it's great for that. So, yeah, let's rate this fucker. Uh, I I give this um, I mean, shit, it, this is tough. I don't really like this movie. This is one of the better sequels, though, but we're not comparing, you know, we're not rating it as far as the rest of the films. We're just rating it as itself. Ah, man, they shit all over Michael in this movie. <laughs> I I got to say, too, I don't I don't really like this movie. I'm going to take that cop out pick again because I'm in the middle of not liking it and liking it because there are mm-hmm. elements that I like about it. Right. So I won't go as low as two. and I'll just say two and a half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guest of honor. All right, I'm gonna go by you know, you know by what you've learned. If you, actually, the folks that saw this movie, you didn't you, you obviously you couldn't see them back to back, but if you watch these back to back, from what you've learned from the fifth movie, and the elements we talked about with the cycling link and all that stuff, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot more of the stuff makes sense this movie now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. So I give this movie three out of five. Oh, okay, cool. Right. So just our conversation just now. Uh, elevated your rating. Mm-hmm, definitely, uh, it definitely been a two. Oh. Cool. All right, wow. that's good. Wow. I can't wow. wait to watch five now. See, there we go again. <laughs> I'm surprised to say this, but I'm excited to see five now. So, if nothing else, this has got me excited to watch the next one. <laughs> I, I am more excited to see five just because uh, I just, I just, I, I hate. I don't want to say I hate five, but it's something about five just really just just hurts me to, to watch. So, yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into that on our next show. Uh, but for now, I'd like to say uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Hill, for joining us on Banana Laser. It's been a, a real pleasure and treat to have you on. Yes, uh, I second that. Thank you, th- sir. Thank you guys for having me. Yep, anytime, anytime. Our doors are always open. Uh, where can people find your show, Cinema Beef? Uh, you can find me uh, right now until the end of the year on the Horophilia Network. You can find me at cinemabeefpodcast.blogspot.com. You can uh, find me on Facebook as Gary Hill in the Cinebeef Podcast group. You can join up with that if you guys would like to. And I'm also on the Movie Copia Podcast with Jesse and uh, sometimes Iris. She's kind of away right now, but she'll be back in November to go back with us again. And I uh, started a brand new show that you probably don't know about though, I, I, you probably do know about though you guys called the Sausage Fest Review Show thank you Gary thank always, you guys. A, always a blast uh, it's been super fun happy Halloween happy, happy Halloween. Halloween all I can tell you mister is watch out seen the TV cameras yet he, he's watching you friend I guarantee you that hey Cochran Fuck you! Last Halloween for them. Last Halloween.
Halloween. Banana laser. Don't you have any Halloween spirit? Oh, hold exactly. on, slow down, slow down. It's getting late. I could use a drink. He's not human. Thank you for listening to the Bananoids Podcast. Please be sure to check out horrorphilia.com for a full archive of all of our previous episodes, as well as other great podcasts like The Skeleton Crew, My Bloody Podcast, and many more. Please be sure to like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter at Bananalazer Show. Also, join our Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash Bananalazer. That's where the real lasers come out. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, where we post trailers, movies, and more. Interact with us. Please send us a voicemail at 314-720-8842. Or... Send us an email at bananalazer at gmail.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Again, thanks for listening and keep on banana in. Happy Halloween, everybody!